I met Greg last summer at uh, Maranatha and just thoroughly enjoyed his speaking and so I talked with him about coming and we have enjoyed his time this weekend for us, um, speaking to teens and families Friday night and then yesterday at a couple seminar. He comes to us from a ministry called Youth Leadership, which is designed to speak into the lives of youth pastors and youth workers. And uh, they asked him to come on board to go out and actually speak to youth. And uh, so as you hear him speak this morning, you will be brought back to your childhood and uh, in the best way possible uh, with humor, but also he, he makes the word of God um, easily understandable. And so, Greg, I am excited to have you here with us, and uh, I know you'll enjoy him. Greg? Hal? Well, I am delighted to be here with you this morning. I have had such a good time already this weekend, speaking Friday night, speaking Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, and now the privilege to speak to you this morning. I want you to turn to the person on your right. You who are next to the wall, do the best you can. Turn to the person on your right and say to them, you look good this morning. Now I want you to turn to the person on your left. Turn to the person on your left. Say to them, thanks for sitting next to me. <laughs> they could have sat next to anybody and they are sitting next to you. Now say to the person in front of you, say to the person in front of you, this morning your hair is perfect. That is so important. That is so important. Uh, allow me to, uh, to pause right now and apologize to those who have no hair, okay? I'm sorry. Now, turn around to the person behind you, and with all the sincerity in your heart, turn around to the person behind you and say to them, you look just like my mom. You look just like my mom. Good old mom. Good old mom. Well, I have the uh, best job in the world, and that is I get to travel around the world and to speak. I uh, spent a lot of time speaking to high school and middle school. I'm also on the speaker team with Family Life. Dennis Rainey, Bob Lapine, and they do the weekend to remember marriage conferences. So I do about eight of those marriage conferences as well. I have a beautiful wife, Bonnie. Bonnie and I have been married for 40 years. We were married when we were eight years old, and uh, <laughs> we're very mature. And then I have four children, uh, Justin, Julia, Kelly, and Garrett, all married, uh, one lives in Rockford, Illinois, where we live, one in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Pasadena, California, and Boston, Massachusetts, and we have five grandchildren, so feel very, very blessed. And this morning, I want to bring you good news. 
I want to bring you great news. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to open with me to the book of Zephaniah. I want you to turn to Zephaniah chapter 3. And if you do not know this verse, I would like to encourage you to underline it, highlight it, circle it. It is great news for us. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. It says this, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This morning, I'm going to have time to deal with the first three points of that verse. Number one is, the Lord your God is with you. How great is that? In a time of uncertainty and of rest and turmoil around the world, the one thing we can count on is our rock. That God is with you this morning. Now, you and I both know there's a huge difference in knowing about somebody and knowing them personally. No matter what your political views are, you know about President Trump. You've seen him on TV, you've heard him on radio, you've seen him on internet. But to know him personally, you need to have a face-to-face encounter with him. I understand you know about Jesus, you know about Christmas, and you know about Easter, and you know about a lot of truths. But to know him personally, you have to have had a face-to-face encounter with him. To have surrendered your life to him, then once you've done that, the great news this morning is he is with you. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Let everyone else be unfaithful. God says, I am faithful. Now turn to the person next to you and answer this question. If you go from this Sunday morning service and you read your Bible every day and you pray every day for the next 30 days, at the end of 30 days, will Jesus love you more than he loves you right now? Yes or no? The answer is no. Question number two, if you go from this service and you never read your Bible and you never pray, at the end of 30 days, Will Jesus love you less than he loves you right now, yes or no? The answer is no. Now remember, I speak a lot to teenagers. So when I tell this to teenagers, teenagers look at me and they say this. Well, then, like, um, well, then, like, uh, well, then, like, I don't get it. Well, then, like, why read my Bible? Then, like, why pray? Like, I don't get it. And this is what I say to them. 
I do not read my Bible so that God will love me. I read my Bible because I love God. I do not seek to pray so that God will love me. I pray because I love God. This morning, the Lord your God is with you. The question is, are you with him? Are you spending time with him? Are you committed to him? Not because you have to, not because you're supposed to, not because you're on a guilt trip, but because you love him. I want to call you to be with him. To enjoy his presence and his peace and to seek after him. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. First of all, he is mighty to save you. When I say God, what do you think of? I don't know about you, but I think about Jesus because I can get my hands around that. You know, he was this tall, and he had two eyes and two arms and two legs, and, and he walked this earth, and I, I can catch that. But if that's the only thing you think of when you think of God, you have missed out on the awesomeness of God. Answer this question in your mind. How big is God? How big is God? David comes to God, and he says to God, Look, I'm living in a palace, and you're living in a tent. This is ridiculous. I want to build you a temple. And God says, Not you, David. You have been a king of war. Your son will be a king of peace. He'll build me a temple. And along comes Solomon. And Solomon builds God this temple. And then there's a prayer of dedication. Now, if you've never read the prayer of dedication, I would recommend it to you. It's pretty interesting. But in the midst of this prayer of dedication, Solomon declares something pretty amazing. It's found in the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 27. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 27. And Solomon declares this. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Think about this for a moment. God is bigger than his creation. Tonight, if it's a clear night and you get away from the lights and you stand and you look up in the night sky, they say that on a good night, you can see about 2,000 stars. Astronomers tell us that in our galaxy, there are about 100 billion stars and they guesstimate between 100 and 200 billion other galaxies. Now, how big is 
100 billion. How big is that? Uh, I'm going to pick this uh, man sitting right here, uh, right between the woman in the orange sweater and the man in the green top, okay? I'm going to pick that young man right there. And your first name is? Lucas. That's right. Very good. So, (laughs) Lucas, here's what I want you to do in just a second. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, and I'm going to ask you, not right now, in a second, I'm going to ask you to count to 100 billion, all right? And none of us are going to lunch until you hit 100 billion. And let's say that Lucas can count 250 numbers a minute. Now, come on. That would be flying. He's just there going, what did you say? I want you to turn to the person next to you, either the person on your left or the person on your right, whoever you think has a higher IQ, turn to that person. (laughs) By the way, here's a heads up for you married men, turn to your wives. Turn to your wives. I want you to turn to the person next to you, counting 250 numbers a minute, How long do you think it would take Lucas to count to 100 billion? Turn to the person next to you and guess. All right. I know you mathematicians will work on this after the service is over. How long would it take Lucas to count to 100 billion? It would take him over 700 years. It would take him over 700 years. How big is God? God is bigger than his creation. If you take our sun and you hollow it out, they say that you could drop into our sun one million of our earths. They say that there are stars out there that if you hollowed those stars out, you could drop into them 500 million of our suns. How big is God? God is bigger than his creation. If you could travel at 186,000 miles per second, which, by the way, is pretty fast, how long would it take you to get to the next nearest galaxy? It would take you 1,500,000 years. How big is God? God is bigger than his creation. And I'm here to say he is mighty to save you. What is impossible for our God? What is too hard for our God? What is beyond the reach of our God? Nothing and nobody. And there is no way that your sin has taken you beyond the reach of God. He is mighty to save you. And then secondly, he is mighty to save through you. I sent out on social media, because I'm uh, 
on social media because I work with teenagers. I ask this question. What is God doing in your life right now? And so teenagers sent me back all these responses. And allow me to read just a few of what I received. Jonah is 16 from Iowa. He helped a blind homeless man by buying him groceries. Lauren is 18 from Minnesota. She's in Mexico helping build houses for those in need. Here's what she says, quote, My heart is overjoyed as I'm preparing to take part in another adventure of a lifetime. Loving on the oppressed and bringing the hope and love of Christ to those in need. I will go wherever, whenever, and to whomever as long as it is for the glory of God. Justin is 17 years old from Nevada. He's become a worship leader who has formed a youth band to play weekly for mentally disabled children. Charity is 17 from Wisconsin. There was no real Christian presence on her high school campus, so she started a Bible study on campus. Jake is 14 from Stuttgart, Germany, who lives now in Maryland. He went out for the play and invited the students to join him for prayer before practice. This cracks me up. The teacher forbid them from praying, and so that encouraged more teens to join. And now they walk across the street, pray, and come back for practice. Seth is 18 years old from California. He told his friends and classmates that life is short, and he told them about Jesus. His father is writing me this. He just died of cancer, and at his funeral, 30 teens from his school came forward, stood at his casket, and asked Jesus into their lives. I want to say, in the midst of a lot of bad publicity, God is working in and through the lives of teenagers today in incredible ways. God is raising up heroes of the faith from this generation in whom the spirit of the living God is working in and through in powerful ways. So my question this morning is, what about us? What about us? God is mighty to save us. He's mighty to save through us. So let me make a suggestion. I'd like you to begin to pray as individuals that God would set up for you divine appointments. To say, Lord Jesus, I will be your man, I will be your woman, I'll go where you want me to go, I'll do what you want me to do. Lord, would you just set up for me divine appointments in which I can represent you? Where I can tell people about your love and your mercy and your hope and your grace. And I'm telling you something, God will do that. God will do that. Then I want you to look every day 
to perform random acts of kindness. I'm going to say something right now that's going to shock some of you. So take a deep breath. Some of you are becoming grumpy. Can I just say, that is not God's calling in your life. And age does not determine grumpiness. There are 80-year-old individuals in this sanctuary right now that are exhibiting the joy of the Lord, and there are 30-year-old individuals in here who are grumpy. I'm going to call you to move beyond that. I'm going to call you to embrace your king, and I'm going to ask you to go from here to just perform random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness is encouraging people with your words and saying to them, good morning, you look great this morning. Probably you don't want to say to them, they look like your mother. But anyway, other than that, you want to verbally encourage them and build them up. Uh, Sometimes uh, I go into a coffee shop and I'll buy a cup of coffee for myself and then I'll pay for another cup of coffee. And I'll just say to the person at the counter, when the next person comes in and orders a large coffee, just say to them, somebody bought this coffee for you. They want you to have a good day and they want you to pass it forward. Let's say today you're going to go out for a really, really nice dinner. You're going to go someplace really, really nice. So you're sitting in the drive-thru waiting. (laughs) And you order your food. Along with the food you order, order a dessert. And then drive up to the window and say to the person at the window, Take the dessert out of the bag, because if you touch it, they can't take it back. So you just say, take the dessert out of the bag. Then say to them, now just give it to the car behind me. Just say, have a great day, little gift for you, now pass it forward. Random acts of kindness. When you go out for dinner, sit out the table, reach into your wallet and pull out a $5 bill. And when the waiter or waitress comes over to the table, take the $5 bill and say, this is not your tip. You'll get your tip at the end of the meal. We just want to give you $5 as a family to say thank you for serving us. You know, there are times where... I'm sitting in a restaurant, and I'm traveling and speaking all the time, and a lot of times I'm eating by myself. And I'll look around, and I'll see a couple or a family, and God will just lay it on my heart, just buy their meal. The other day, I'm sitting in an Applebee's, and an older gentleman walks in with his wife, and they sit down, and he has a hat on, and it says, Vietnam Veteran. And God just laid it on my heart, just by their meal. So after they had ordered, I called the waitress over and I go, I just want to pay for their meal. I said, but don't tell them. Don't tell them until I'm out of here. So she goes, okay. So I pay for the meal and they bring me 
the uh, slip to sign, and then on the part that just has the amount and stuff, I turn it over on the back, and I just write an anonymous note. And I say to him, thank you for serving the United States of America. Thank you for serving my family. Thank you for your sacrifices. Today, I just want to be a blessing to you. Then I just leave it and just walk away. And you know that when you do anonymous things like that, where does the praise go? Where does the thankfulness go? Where does the glory go? It goes to God. It goes to God. My brothers and sisters, we are called to be salt and to be light, to bring hope to the world. And I'm all about loving China, and I'm all about loving India, and I'm all about loving Africa, and I'm all about loving all of that. As long as you tell me this morning, you are loving the person sitting to your right. And you are loving the person sitting to your left. And you are loving the person behind you. And you are loving the person in front of you. And by the way, for you in the front row, that's me. As long as you tell me you're loving individuals, because honestly, our highest calling, we can take all the prophets, and we can take the law, we can take the entire book of Leviticus, we can take the Ten Commandments, we can take it all, and we can boil it down to two commands which is our highest calling, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And secondly, is to love our neighbor as ourselves. So I'm going to call you to do that. He's mighty to save you. Don't spend another moment separated from his love. And then he's mighty to save through. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. So I'm going to confess something to you right now. And that confession is this. I don't really like small children. Now, I'm not talking about my grandchildren, for crying out loud. They're perfect. I'm talking about your grandchildren, okay? I'm, I'm just not a small child fan. I'm just not a fan. Uh, I don't really get them. I don't really understand. I don't speak to them. And look, the feeling's mutual. They don't really like me, all right? When I meet a little child and I say to them, hi, their reaction is usually, wah! So, and we're talking about the preschoolers, the real small ones. I just don't get them. I don't get them. So, a little while back, I'm sitting in my office. And by the way, I have offices around the world. So please, if you're by one of my offices, please feel free to come in. So I'm sitting in Starbucks, and I'm just working away, and... And the door opens, and I look up, and it's a woman with a small child. 
I don't know the woman. I don't know the small child. So I just look back down. I continue to work. And pretty soon the manager, which is a friend of mine, walks over. And the woman and the small child is with him. And he says to me, Greg, I'd like to introduce you to my family. Wow. So I stand up at the table and he goes, uh, this is my wife. And I say hello and I shake hands with her. And um, he says, this is my daughter. And I look at her and I smile and I say, hi. And she looks at me like, well, I wouldn't mind if you died tomorrow. So, so that was it. That was our encounter. Boom, it's over. So a couple of days go by. I'm back in Starbucks. I'm doing some work. The door opens. I look up. Same woman and the child. The woman and I make eye contact. I smile. I wave. Oh, she smiles. She waves. And I look at the little girl. And the little girl looks at me and she goes, oh. And her eyes get really big and her mouth opens and she lets go of her mother's hand and she starts to run across Starbucks. So I look to see who's behind me. And there's nobody behind me. So I slip out of my chair and I get down on one knee and this little girl rushes into my arms. She throws her arms around my neck, gives me this huge hug. I hug her and she says to me, I've missed you so much. I'm like, well, I've kind of missed you too. Uh, oh, wow. She wants to be with me. I sit down. She gets on my lap. The mother comes over and says, honey, come on. We're going to go get something to eat. No, no, she doesn't want to leave me. She just wants to sit there with me. She wants to talk to me, share the mother looks at me, she goes, this is very unusual. I'm like, you're telling me. <laughs> well, every time this little girl comes into Starbucks, she is so excited to see me. She draws me pictures. She makes me things. She brings me stuff. If she has something to eat, she wants to share it with me. She is so excited. Now listen. I have never heard God's voice audibly spoken, okay? It's just never happened to me. I've never been in a room where actually I have heard the audible voice of God. Now, maybe some of you have, and that must be an amazing experience, but it's just never happened to me. Now, certainly, I sense God speaking to me, Certainly, I sense him in my mind saying things to me. And most often, he'll speak to me as I read his word. So I'm sitting down doing my devotions, and I'm reading, and I'm thinking, and I'm praying. And it's like God says, remember the little girl? And I'm like, <laughs> Like, yeah. He's like, remember how excited she is to see you? I'm like, yeah. And God says, 
That's how I feel about you. That's how God feels about you. He doesn't just like you. He doesn't just love you. God delights in you. God looks forward to spending time with you and sitting with you and listening to you and laughing with you and weeping with you. This morning, God delights in you. Think of the ramifications. Think of what that is saying to you as a man and a woman. That the God of the universe delights in you? What does that free you up to become? What does that free you up to do? The Lord God Almighty loves spending time with you. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is with you. The question this morning is, are you with him? He is mighty to save. He's mighty to save you, and he's mighty to save through you. So go from this church today and make a difference. Pray for divine appointments. Perform random acts of kindness. Be that salt. Be that light. And you will be amazed what God can do in and through you. And then, hang on to the truth and the fact that he delights in you. And he doesn't delight in you because you do something, because you perform for him, He delights in you because you are his child. I will be out in the Narthex area. I would love to meet you, love to shake your hand and to greet you. I'm going to ask if pastor would come now and he's going to dismiss us in prayer.